0: Are listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Today, I'd like to look at the life of Abram. Uh, God radically changed his life and and uh, he was just sort of an average Joe and then God touched him and said I'm gonna do something supernatural in your life and the coolest thing about Abram is the Lord later as we're talking I'm gonna go from Abram to Abraham because God changed his name but at the beginning it was Abram and the real cool thing about Abram is the Lord said you know what I'm gonna do something great in you but I'm gonna take you to a land that I have not yet told you about and he's like okay God let's go now put yourself there how many people in this room if the Lord says you know what sell your house I'm gonna move you but I'm not gonna tell you where I'm moving you to Jackie would all right good you know but but that would be that would be difficult we like to know where we're going we like to know the whole story God don't just give me don't give just give me a little piece of the story but God give me the whole story so then I can step out and say to my family or to say to my friends that okay I believe the Lord is talking to me we're gonna go be doing this because if not we sound like a lunatic Well, I I saw a for sale sign on your house. Uh, How come? Well, I'm moving. Well, you're moving. Where are you moving? I don't know. What what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. could be across the street. It could be to Vancouver. It could be to Asia. I have no idea, but I know I'm moving because God told me to. And here we go. And it's kind of like, grow up, man. You're you're, you're a dad with with kids and stuff. You can't just be that guy anymore. But yet when the Lord speaks to us, it's got to be like, Lord, I hear you. And God I want to obey what you're asking me to do do you know that every single person and I mean every person in this room point to yourself and say that means me is destined for greatness do you know that you're destined for greatness see I think sometimes we look and say well you know what pastor you're destined for greatness you can go speak all over the place or you can do this Cindy has not been at our service for the last three weeks she has been speaking all over the place uh, this week, she's got a team. She did a woman's conference in Vagerville. The week before that, she was in Bonneville. And the week before that, she was at a, a conference. And it's kind of like, okay, Lord, I'll stay home with the kids. You send my wife. That's awesome, God. But you know what? You don't have to be the, 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 the speaker. You don't have to be the upfront guy or girl. God has got greatness destined into your life if you're ready to accept it and say, God, I want what you ha- want for my life. Do you believe that? Amen. Two people believe it. And those two people, I'm telling you, God's got great things for you. The rest of you, come on. God's got greatness for your life. That's not something small. That's something massive. God wants to do amazing things through you. And it's just like, okay, open my eyes this morning. God, help me to see. Because, Lord, I need to believe that you've called me and got a call on my life. It's truth. Abraham was 75 years old, and God interrupts his life. At the age 75, how many of you are ready for God to interrupt your life? We can see with Abram that it's never, ever too late. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. God can interrupt your life and change the course for you and your whole family at a moment. We have to understand first that God places greatness upon you. He wants you to walk in the things of God. How do I know that? Well, let me read the scriptures for you. Mark 16 16 says anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved but anyone refuses to believe will be condemned these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name they will speak new languages they'll be able to handle snakes uh, with safety if they drink anything poisonous it won't hurt them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they'll be healed God desires greatness he has placed greatness on us and we need to share with the gifts and callings that he's placed upon our lives is not that amazing we can do all things we can we can pray for sick and they'll be healed I I just this last week I was in Canmore I had meetings there for the district uh, for the POC district and in those meetings the guys we took a time to stop and pray for pastors do you realize in the in the POC alone and three out of the four people are in the Alberta district have had a young child, um, yeah, a young child, uh, like under the age of, I think 14 was the oldest, pass away to various things in this last year. Three of them to cancer and one of them to an accident. And as that has happened, it's kind of like, Lord, POC's not massive. It's big, there's a lot of POC churches, But it's not massive, and four families have lost a child uh, and three of them to cancer. Cancer is a wicked spirit. And every one of us in this room knows somebody who's been affected by it. So when that kind of stuff happens, it's not for us to fear and be like, oh my goodness, my son, my daughter, my mom, my dad, my auntie, my next-door neighbor has been affected by cancer. They're a goner. But what it is is for us as believers to step out in faith And say, Lord, your word says by your stripes, you took stripes for us, you took lashes for us, we are healed. And to stand in that place and say, cancer, the word of God says on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, is there cancer in heaven? No, because the Bible says there is no sickness, no sorrow, no suffering. So if that is not in heaven, then that has no right here on earth. And we can stand in that place and say, cancer, you dirty dog. You have no right here, and I come against you in the name of Jesus. You must bow your knee, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. That is greatness. To stand in that place of hopelessness, to stand in that place as a light of hope, and say, you know what? I'm not going to let fear take over, but I'm going to let the Spirit of God that is in me take precedence over this situation. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is who you are called to be. So then what is this journey of greatness how can we walk in what the Lord has equipped us with Rick Warren in the 40 days of uh, purpose shows us that life here on earth is likened unto a child in the month in the womb for nine months compared to eternity the life that we are living is truly a journey and sometimes we think when I get to heaven it'll be perfect you know that's the truth right there we know that this life here on earth is so short whether you have a life of of ten years old and you pass or whether you have a life of 110 years old it's still a short part of the chapter eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it never ever ceases so when we understand that this time this part on earth is such a short chapter in the whole book then it's like lord help me prepare for eternity help me prepare god for what you have for me we see in Corinthians how Paul told the congregation, you will be ruling and judging and to practice while well, you are here on earth. We are here to de- be developed and to be matured. You can't wait for one great season of your life just to grow up into that season daily. We need to be constantly maturing, constantly growing in our faith. When was the last time you did something for the first th- time? When was the last time you just said, Lord, man, I just got a, an excitement in my sp- in my spirit, to go here and to pray or to go there and to speak or to go here and step out in faith and to try to do something for the first time. That's what God's calling us to do. Christianity has never, ever been a a boring lifestyle, about just sort of blending in and having a happy life and then passing away, and and, and, uh, that's the end of it. What legacy do you want to leave? Man, I don't know about you, but on your tombstone, do you want it to say, I did it I obtained money and wealth I passed on a generous inheritance to my children I bought the boat the quad and the nice house praise the Lord so what or do you want to leave a godly legacy that says I cast out demons I healed the sick I am a sold-out radical follower of Jesus Christ who made an impact in a legacy on millions because what happens is that whole pond ripple effect you touch one and maybe that one person you touch is going to be the next billy graham and that ripple just sort of takes off you know what you're the spiritual father and the spiritual mother of a generation or of generations god is able but it's on the other side of our obedience to step out in what god has for us someone there this morning praise god Genesis 15 1 to 6 says after the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision don't be afraid Abram I am your shield your very great reward but Abram said O sovereign Lord what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus and Abraham said you have given me no children so a servant in my household will be my heir then the word of the Lord came to him this man will not be your heir but a son coming from your own body will be your heir He took him outside and said look up at the heavens and count the stars If indeed you can count them then he said to him So shall your offspring be Abram believed the Lord and he Accredited it to him as righteousness So here we see Abram having a conversation with the Lord in the tent He's struggling with fear He had to all let it go and totally trust in the Lord for a journey which he didn't even know where it was going the guy was over ninety years old, and it's like you're going to have a baby from your own loins. Like, I like, Lord, Lord, that's impossible. Like, you know what? Let's come up with a plan B. Lord, let me just release my inheritance over my servant here, and the Lord's like, no, 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 that's not the plans I have for you. I've got plans for you and your family. In fact, your family is going to be going to give birth to nations. It's kind of like, whoa, God, that's awesome. Have you ever been there? Have you ever heard the call of God on your life? You ever experienced something that was just so monumental it just sort of changed the way that you lived life and i remember when i was in grade 10 i got saved and when i got saved i had a a youth pastor i'm so excited i've I've been talking the the lord's put on my heart in february my my youth pastor the guy that i gave my life to under ministry is going to come and share here in cold lake and uh really excited about that but this guy saw something in a 10 year old kid who was going to youth group just for the girls and he came alongside of me and he mentored me and he poured his spirit into my life and he saw something that I couldn't see. And you know what? I remember when I hit university and I found out I'm not going to get into that whole story, I've told it before, but I found out how much a pastor makes. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to go in business. And I switched over and I went to business school. And that was that Jonah year where I just sort of turned my back on the Lord and I ran and I just had such a, a nasty year the lord just continued to remind me of his faithfulness and the lord just kept calling and calling and calling till finally i surrendered and said god not my will but your will be done and the lord opened up so many doors of blessings for me to be able to walk in school and pay for tuition and to to be able to to release that spirit of faith in my life i imagine people in this room god has given you a dream one that is so big or one that's just kind of like lord i i don't know if that's from you or if that's or what but Lord that's that's cool that's exciting and it helps us to wake up in the morning that's what God wants to release deep into our spirits God wants to do great things through us God we serve a great God not a mediocre God and God's plan for us is not to live a mediocre life but to live a life of faith and to live a life of excitement on the right on the cusp of the of the cutting edge of ministry man God is going to do new creative miracles in people's lives and people are going to go, people in this room are going to go and pray for people and be blown away by the results out of, your, out of, out of that step of faith. It's happened. I remember that I went down to uh, one of these big revival meetings that was taking place, and I, and I just kind of wanted to be part of revival, just to kind of see what, what this was all about. And when I got down there, they said, are you a pastor? Yeah, we need you to pray for people. And I, and I started praying for people. And, and when that happened, people would come up and they're like, I, I don't want you to pray for me. I want the, the, the guy to pray for me and I'm like I totally understand I wouldn't want me to pray for you either <laughs> you know that guy's the guy the anointed one and you came all the way to see him not to see me so I don't know we're, we're kind of at an impasse so as that happened like really it's just like that faith just kind of left my sails it's kind of like yeah I don't I don't blame you I wouldn't want you to pray for I wouldn't want to pray for you either right and as it happened God's like Lance the same spirit that is in the guy who's the, the, the main speaker is in you. You need to step out in faith. So I'm like, all right, and this, this girl, I just remembered, this girl came up with these bumps all over her body and it looked really ugly, really weird. And I don't know what it was, but she had it for a long time. She's like, will you pray for me? I'm like, all right, here we go. Lord, she's ugly. <laughs> and... I don't know, Lord, I, I, what, what can I pray? Like, wow, touch her. And all of a sudden, all those bumps just went away, gone. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man of faith, that's who I am. <laughs> Who's next, you know? And, 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 and this started happening, and the Lord said, see, when you step out, and trust me, it's me. I'm the God that heals thee. It's got nothing to do with the guy. It's got nothing to do with Lance Steves. It's got to do with the God who's in us. And I've seen that over and over on missions. I love missions. If you've never been on a missions trip, go. Because what happens is all of a sudden you step out, you're on a missions trip, you have to step out. And you get in this place and you're the, you're the, the guy from Canada, the girl from Canada, and it's kind of like people come to see you. And then all of a sudden you step step out and something supernatural happens and you're just like, Lord, it's true. It's true. You are real, God. You know what? We know God's real, but he's tangible real. He's touchable real. And my friends, that's what God's calling us to. Faith-filled lives. Lives that are, are, are exciting. Lives that are just like, man, God's got us in the palm of his hand. Abram in order to get there had to leave the comfort and the security of his tent The Lord took him outside and said look up to the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them Why did God say to Abraham go outside? Because in the tent it's got a roof and, the, and Abram couldn't see the stars inside the tent look up and see the vastness of God well I can't there's a lid there And you know what if we live a comfortable lifestyle when we look up all we can see is the roof and god wants to remove the roof from our lives so we can step out in things that we've never stepped into before it's like one of my you know what one of my favorite hobbies i I really love to do this is flying kites i love flying kites when i was a boy i used to fly kites with my dad and i love buying kites for my kids and we go out and fly kites together and If I bought some nice kites, one of those box kites, or I bought some of those kites from Costco that are big kites, or even if I bought some small kites, I said, here you go, kids. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to run around the living room really, really, really fast. And we're going to watch that puppy soar. And I lay back on the couch, and I watch them run around in a circle trying to get that kite up in the air. Guess what? It's never going to happen. Why? Because there's no lift in in the living room. They have to step out of the roof to be able to soar like the eagle and my friends that is what God had to do in Abram and that's what God wants to do in our lives get out of our comfort step out onto the unknown where it's not about what I can do in the physical but what I can do through Christ in the supernatural that's the God that we serve what lids on your life God has opened up a field and this morning he's inviting you to come and count the stars if you can he's that vast it's time to remove the lids and come out of hiding If you can see the invisibles, you can do the impossible. Ask yourself, where am I I resistant to change? As Abraham stepped outside, it started. He looked up and saw how big God was. He saw millions and millions of stars. And at that God moment, he stepped into his journey of greatness. Have you ever done that? Just looked up and just said, wow. On that clear night when you're out somewhere dark, that is just breathtaking. Look at at what you created, God. Man, there's the Big Dipper. There's the Little Dipper. Orion's Belt. Lord, it's just millions and millions of stars. And Lord, you put each one of them in the sky. God is huge, but yet so many times we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we forget how big God is. Have you ever had a defining moment? That moment where you're like, man, God, you are massive. If you haven't, Look around. Go for a walk at night. Step into the bush and just be like, look at the tree. I remember my grandmother, she wasn't a Christian, my grandmother, but I remembered every time I drove over there, every time we'd drive down Highway 50, and there was this big, amazing tree there. And every time we drove by it, she would say to me, Only God could make a tree. I'm like, You really love that tree, don't you, Grandma? She's like, That is the most beautiful tree in the world. And I'm just kind of like, man, I'd love to transplant that to your front yard, you know? But yet it was just that sign that's just kind of like, only God can make that tree. Only God can make you and me. Only God can put the stars in the sky. Only God. He's amazing. So The first thing that Abram had to do to be able to understand the vastness of God is he had to build an altar. Verse 8, we see, Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram. Each three years old along with a dove and a young pigeon abraham bought it all to these to him cut them into and he arranged the halves opposite each other the birds however he did not cut in half then the birds of prey came down of the carcass but abraham drove them away See, we see abram was building an altar to the lord in verse 11 the ravens come to steal the sacrifice that was meant to be given to the lord in our homes in our lives in our marriages we need to establish an altar and we need to fight for it you know What happens is we as people, we forget, don't we? Man, I can't believe how forgetful we are. You know, have you ever had that that moment where one of your kids does something that is so funny and you're like, man, I will never forget that. That was so funny. And then you don't write it down. And then all of a sudden, even a month later, you're like, what exactly was that? Like, I know something really, really funny happened, but I can't put my thumb on it now. And that happens to me all the time. we got to write it down or put it in the kids' journals and this kind of stuff. It's the same thing in the spiritual realms. See, one story in the Bible that blows me away is the story of Moses and when Moses is walking through the Red Sea with the, with the people of Israel. Like, can you pa- picture us here as a congregation and we go down to have a baptism down at Cold Lake and it's, the, it's obviously the summertime and, and, and we go down there. And when we go down there and, and, and we all walk go down to the the lake and as soon as we step in the lake the, the, the cold lake opens up and it's just dry ground all the way to Saskatchewan on the other side. And it's kind of like let's do it. So we all start walking and we're we're as we're walking we're kind of going downhill and it's dry ground and we're seeing all the fish swim around and we're doing that kind of stuff. And we walk all the way over to Saskatchewan and then the, the, the water closes. I think all of us would be like that's pretty cool. That that's amazing. So the people walk through the Red Sea. The Lord delivers them from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And then they get on the other side and they worship a golden calf. And it's like, how is that possible? Like, if that happened in Cold Lake, I think we'd all be like, whoa! This is a miracle. This is awesome. I'll never forget this. God is awesome. God is massive. And I was kind of reading that one day and I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, boy, those, those Israelites were stupid. Like, what a bunch of boneheads. And as I was reading that, the Lord says, Lance, you've done the exact same thing. I said, I have never done that, Lord. I have never walked through the Red Sea ever. So don't you put me with those people. And the Lord said, how many times have I done something supernatural in your life and set you free from fear or did absolutely something massive and then all of a sudden the enemy reminds you of something and you forget all about my faithfulness? And I'm like, ah, oh, guilty. So, what we need to do is we need to put up Ebenezer's or mini altars in our offices, in our workplaces that remind us of God's faithfulness because we forget. See, when you go into my office, on my left hand side wall, there's a picture, like with, with three, a frame with three pictures in it, and it's a picture of each one of my kids. So, what? Everybody has kids in their office, and their are kids in their office. For me, Cindy and I were unable to have children for 10 years and in that struggle during that journey we're like you know what around I think it was around year 8 we said listen this is not happening we've done everything that we possibly can do and it's not gonna work so let's adopt and we're like we want this we want this now before we get to be old people and and can't have fun with our kids so let's go adopt now, adoption is wonderful, and if you've adopted in this room, I'm not speaking against adoption. My mom was adopted, and, and, I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for adoption, but the Lord spoke so clearly to both Cindy and I. It says, Lance and Cindy, that's not for you. I want you to trust me. It's kind of like, Lord, it's been eight years, and nothing has happened, God, and all of a sudden, two, years, two more years passed, and we found out that we were pregnant with Mackenzie, and we wept and wept and rejoiced over the faithfulness of god and you know what that picture in there of each one of my babies reminds me when i see it that god is faithful because you know what the enemy whispers into my ear and all of a sudden a situation where circumstance happens is kind of like god that's not fair you know what lord why does that person have cancer why does that happen lord why haven't we seen the result god do you not love that per- whatever whatever it is, it starts to roll around in your mind and and that tape recorder starts to play. And when I see that picture, I'm like, you know what? God, forgive me. You are a faithful God. You are a loving God. You are a kind God. Your timing, Lord, is perfect. It may not be my timing or what I want, but Lord, your timing is absolutely perfect. And that's what we need to set up in our lives to help us remember that God is awesome and God is calling us to be awesome. We need these in our lives. Job, what amazing man of God Job was. He got up, do you know he got up every morning early just in case his kids sinned? He got up every single morning early and prayed to the Lord just in case his kids sinned that day. Father of the year, hello. Like, that is amazing to me. That 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 he would do that on a regular basis. Petition the Lord, Lord, I'll give you my kids, God. It and, and Lord, I just pray for each one of them. And God, just in case one of them mess up today, Lord, would you cover them in your grace? Yes. That's awesome. We need to fight for our altars. We need to fight for our marriages. Remember, we don't fight. Uh, we we need to we need to walk in that place and say, God, this is a promise for me, and it's been given to you, and I trust you. You see. I think we live in a world of, of everything's disposable. Mackenzie yesterday, she, her, her zipper on her coat broke, and we threw it out, and we went to Walmart and bought a new coat. And, you know, it's, 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 everything is just easy. It's just disposable. You just throw it out and get something new. But what has happened is that it's now transferred into our marriages and into our lifestyles. You know what? I'm, tr- I'm going to try number, wife number three, and if it doesn't work out, praise the Lord. I'm sure there's a wife number four out there somewhere. And that's not what God's got for us. You see, if you're, are you having problems in your marriage? Well, remember, you sat or stood before an altar one day and said something along the lines of, in richness and in poorness, in good health or in bad, forsaking all others till death do us part. This I pledge to you. So when all of a sudden those tough times come, we need to have an altar of sorts in our house that reminds us that you know what we're going through a dark time right now and this is difficult but we're gonna get through it because you know what we're a good team aren't we see that altar that little altar of that picnic that we went on back in 1971 wasn't those good times there I bet you our our, our golden years are gonna be even better than that time there why because you're worth it and then when we both have that heart and that attitude I'm not gonna throw you away. I'm not you're not disposable to me. You are worth fighting for. Something changes in the marriage where it's kind of like it's not about a contract anymore, but it's about a covenant with one another. You know, if your spouse is in this room this morning, I just encourage you to look them in the eye this morning and say, honey, you're worth it. Build those altars remember those good times because maybe you're in a dark season right now it's gonna get brighter because you're willing to work through it together as a couple you're willing to fight for it there's freedom in that friends second thing he had to do is he had to climb a mountain now this one blows me away picture this Genesis 22 says then God said take your son your only son Isaac whom you love go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering one of the mountains i will tell you about so this guy finally gets the gift he finally gets the son that he was promised in his old age and the lord says great you got you got the promise yeah i got the promise you're all you're all excited about this this is your son that you gave birth your wife gave birth to in her 90s yeah this is awesome okay now go sacrifice him what oh, i can't do that lord and I imagine, like, what would have been going through his mind on the, on the altar? Or what's going to happen? He's like, Lord, provide. God, God, if this is what you're asking me to do, Lord, I'll do it. But God, this is a gift from you. Remember that old song, We Bring the Sacrifice of Praise? I imagine he's walking up the mountain and says, you know, son, why don't you walk a little ahead of me? it would be like, let's sing and worship the Lord as we go up there. Yeah, sounds good, Dad. Any ideas of songs? Yeah, how about we sing? we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the lord let's go let's go come on let's get up there and and there's that turmoil about lord i'm gonna have to sacrifice my son on the top of this mountain You see earlier in genesis 21 abraham had to make a very tough decision with his other son ishmael we start reading in verse 8 the child grew and was weaned and on the day isaac was weaned abraham had a great feast but sarah saw that the son whom hagar the egyptian had bore to abraham was mocking and she said to him abraham get rid of that slave woman and her son for that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son isaac the matter distressed abraham greatly because it concerned his son but god said to him do not be distressed about the boy and your maidservant listen to what sarah tells you because it's through isaac that your offspring will be reckoned i will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also because he too is your offspring Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and skin of water and gave it to Hagar. He sent them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Ishmael here represents the flesh. Why? Because Abraham didn't trust the covenant that the Lord had made with him and Sarah, so he did it on his own. Sarah says why don't you take my maidservant sleep with her and maybe she'll give us a son and sure enough that happened and the Lord said that's not what I gave you Sarah is gonna produce a child and now we have a, a son that was born in this flesh and a son that was born in the spirit so there's a jealousy there and Sarah says get rid of that son and Abram is like I don't know if I can do that that's my son and she's like he's got nothing to do with the inheritance the inheritance is all going to our son isaac get her out of here right now if we cannot release something in the flesh then we'll never be able to release something in the spirit if god gives you something in the flesh and you're walking in there and it's kind of like oh lord like you know i want to be a man of god i want to be a woman of god but money is so important to me that 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 i need to pay off my boat i need to do this i need to do that that is what i'm doing right now and so lord don't talk to me about tithing or or we walk in that place it's kind of like you know god this here is is so important to me lord that that lord I, i i just can't let it go and if you cannot let something go that is in the flesh then when god gives you the answer to the dream and he says i want you to now to give that dream back to me you will never ever be able to do it it's truth We need to walk in that place and say, God, I give you everything, Lord. It's all yours, God. You take it. Um, Abraham struggles to release Ishmael, but it was a must before he could deal with the heart issues. And then as they climbed the mountain, him and his son Isaac, the Lord revealed a ram. And he responded by saying, now I know. The ram was caught up we can't see that on the way up the mountain but once we got up there we see that God already had the blessing tied up for us that is powerful that blessing God has got tied up it's waiting for you but we have to be able to take our stuff and say God I want nothing in my life that could ever hinder me from receiving the blessings that you have for me God our staff have been studying uh, the book of Romans and it's Romans chapter 6 I believe That talks about choosing the things of the flesh or choosing the things of the spirit. Do you know we have a choice? I think so many times it's just like, well, it's an addiction. It's just something who I am. I just, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. You can choose to say no to whatever. You know what? You can choose to say, no, no, I don't want to do this, but I know that God's got something better for us as a family. You know, when we walk and we make those choices that God, I want to be a man, I want to be a woman of integrity, I want what you want from my life, then we, we 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 make that choice and we walk through it now of course we're going to all sin and fall short of the glory of god we're going to make choices and we're going to make mistakes but god's got great plans for us when we trust him and when we give him the little things he can then bless us with the big things amen and the last thing is then abraham had to purchase a cave in chapter 23 we see that abraham's wife sarah now passes and abraham is off to find a suitable place for her body to rest abraham mourned the loss of his wife but the lord didn't tell him to settle there so he had a choice to make you know what my, my wife passed lord i've gone as far as i'm going to go i don't want to leave this spot lord this is where my wife is buried lord let me spend the rest of my days there but god's like that's not what i have for you in here sarah represents the past see sometimes we hang on to things and it's just kind of like you know what our past dictates our future and God wants us to know this morning that that is not truth. you know what I don't know about you and what your past brings whether you had a fantastic past whether you had lots of successes or whether your past is ful- filled with failures and heartaches but if we go either way and we let our past successes define who we are in the future we're gonna fall short but if we allow our past failures to define our future we'll never be able to obtain anything How many people in this room like reality TV? You watch reality TV at all? Prentice, Survivor, anyone? Okay, four people. Everybody else doesn't. Okay, good. You four people, there's an altar call right now and God is angry that you watch reality TV. Really angry. But these these reality TVs shows, as they grow in popularity, have you noticed that they always have a celebrity issue? And it's never current celebrities... Like you'll never see, I don't know, Bono from U2 in there. It's always like Gilligan, you know, like someone who was once popular and now they watch them and, and, and my daughter's watching with me and it's like, Dad, who's that? Oh, it's Gilligan. Who's Gilligan? Gilligan. You know Gilligan's Island? Gilligan the Skipper Marianne? I have no idea what you're talking about, Dad. Because there was a moment where they had the spotlight on them and now they're in the reality shows to be able to relive that moment but they never can they're never going to hit that place again but yet they want to live out the fame as long as they possibly can and if that's us if we if if our past we had a, a successful moment and it's kinda of like man that was my defining moment man I that's who, what shaped me that's what molded me to be the person that I am today God's like no it's not let it go I'm the guy that gives the blessings I'm the guy Who wants to shape you and mold you for the future (laughs) but if it's past if our past is filled with failures and letdowns then we walk in that place where God calls us into greatness it's like I can't do that Lord I'm a loser God I can't do that I'm gonna let you down I'm gonna disappoint you for sure the day is long I'm gonna let you down God and the Lord's like I'm not he had to change Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham so he says you know what I'm gonna change your name and not allow those, those those past hindrances, those past baggage to define who you're going to be. But I'm going to wipe that slate clean and I'm going to speak destiny in your life and say, you know what, you've been designed for greatness, not failure. That's who our God is. God is wanting us to take something that is fresh, something that is new, where there's no possible way for us to be able to get the credit and say, this is what I'm doing in your life we've all seen it we've all heard stories that have happened in this way and it's amazing when people just lay down their lives and say God I give you everything what God does through it second Samuel twenty-two thirty-two 32 says for who is God except the Lord but who our God is is a solid rock when Jesus met the woman caught in adultery the crowd was livid they were ready for a good old-fashioned stoning yet Jesus sends greatness in her he bent down and started writing in the sands and the rocks started falling to the ground one at a time we see that in John 8 let's read it Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger when they kept on questioning him he straightened up and said to them if any one of you is without sin let him be the first to throw a stone at her again he stopped down and wrote on the ground and this and those who heard began to go away one at a time the older ones first until Jesus was the only one left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Isn't that awesome? There's a choice again. Jason, if you could play some music, that'd be great. There's a choice again. Leave your life of sin walk away from what defined you and step into the greatness that i've got for you because the person who you used to be is not the person who i'm calling you to be my friends i think that is a big one for us as people every one of us have had heartaches we've had failures and we've had things that are burned and etched in the back of our mind and what happens is the enemy reminds us of that and says you know what that's who you are and the Lord's speaking this morning saying that is not who you are that's not what I'm telling you are you are a new creation you've been bought with a price you are my son you are my daughter you are designed for great things and when we stop listening to the lies of the enemy and we start believing the faith that God's got for us our lives and the light bulb moments are going to turn on in each one of us God's got great plans for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? Pastor, I'm feeling challenged this morning and I want God to be able to take my life and use it for greatness. I want to, on this day, right in the calendar that I totally surrender to the Lord. If that's you today, would you stand at your feet so I can pray for you? Praise you. Praise you, God. Hallelujah, God. Father, you see the people standing this morning, God, who say, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. God, I want you to use me for great things. And Father, I pray that you touch them right now, Lord. I ask that you fill them up with your spirit. Lord Jesus, they are saying to you this morning god i give you everything and lord would you miraculously touch their lives and move in a way that you've never been before lord the old things of the past have fallen away the old mistakes the old successes are no longer father god but lord they are new creations in jesus christ we worship you lord we call you father we call you god and we look forward to the journey that you're going to be taking us on in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.